Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everyone. We indeed magnify his holy name today. I bring you greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I welcome you on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to the Saturday evening worship service of Refuge from the Storm Church, a church which we think was an exciting ministry, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose to all of our regular listeners and our new listeners. We say welcome, welcome, welcome. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. It's indeed an honor and a privilege to welcome you here today to be with us 
again at this appointed time, at this appointed place. You could have been anywhere today, but you purposed in your heart to come together with other brothers and sisters in Christ to worship our Lord and to praise him for all that he has done. And we don't take it for granted. We want you to know that we appreciate you even the more every Saturday that you come and stand in faith with us. We say great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now don't forget next Saturday to grab a hand of another T.I. and have him or her come and worship and praise God along with you. So again, thank you for being here, and please come again next Saturday. I'd like to introduce you to our serving team for this worship service. That would include our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, and we have the preaching teaching team of uh, Pastor Terrence and Minister Pam Wilson today with us. And as always, please pray for them that everything that they had planned to share with us today is um, that the Holy Spirit just allows it to bubble up and overflow and that we will be, uh, have open hearts and ears to receive what thus said the Lord. Today, Elder Carolyn Cunningham continues to serve as our worship leader, and she'll lead us in our invocation and our invitation to giving. Uh, Sister Helena Thompson and Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey serve as our TalkShoe manager and assistant TalkShoe manager, respectively, and they're responsible for all the beautiful music that you hear and all of the operational issues uh, of TalkShoe. Now, today, Sister um, Loretta Marley will lead us in a beautiful uh, altar prayer today, so please pray for all of these servant leaders who continue to serve every week uh, for you. Actually, we're serving the Lord, but uh, please pray for them as they come today. Just a few announcements. Again, I'd like to say happy birthday to all of you who had August birthdays last week and those who have upcoming birthdays this coming week. Uh, A reminder Our small group studies on Wednesday nights have been suspended for the month of August to allow all of our teachers the time to uh, be refreshed and renewed. As we move into September, uh, Pastor uh, is bringing to us a new 11-week small group Bible study, and it's titled Embracing Purpose, and that study is... um, presented to us are authored by Linda Slayton. So please plan to attend, if at all possible, and you are able to register early or at least let Pastor um, know that you're interested in participating in the study. You can uh, express your interest or register directly with Pastor through admin at refugefromthestormchurch.org. That's admin, A-D-M-I-N, at refugefromthestormchurch.org, or uh, you may reach her at mgrace, uh, G-R-A-C-E, 321, at gmail.com. And that's uh, Embracing Purpose is the title of the study. 
I'd also like you to know this coming Tuesday, that's the 18th, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, our friend Linda Casreyes, evangelist Linda Casreyes, the founder of Gatekeepers International, will have another podcast, regular podcast. This is for TI Night, and it will be TI, what is a TI, part seven. And uh, the guest speakers will include our own Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. It will also include Minister Julia Thompson of Global Awakening Prayer Ministry and Tobin Blake, uh, who is an author and is known to the TI community. Now, Pastor would like you to know that um, she will be available to answer questions as we try to reach young adults, the millennials, who are finding themselves being drawn into these targeting programs. And so she's had this burden on her heart since she's been exposed recently to a number of young adult TIs. So uh, she's asking that if you are going to attend that particular uh, podcast, it's coming Tuesday, and you're going to be on your computer, uh, please just send her any questions that you might have ahead of that time directly to her email address. Again, that's mgrace321 at gmail.com. And uh, mark your calendars that this coming Tuesday. And it uh, was not in the newsletter, but I will attempt to send out an email uh, with the flyer and the call-in information. And the, um, if you want to go in by your computer, the link as well. So expect to look for that later on tonight if you don't see it. Please write us at refugefromstorm at AOL.com, and I'll get that information to you. So that is our announcements for the week. And please, if you are a, a new listener, let us know that you, would hear, you were here today by going to our website. That's refugefromthestormchurch.org, and let us know... Um, if you were blessed by the service today. Now, as we move higher in our worship service, we're asking God to allow the Holy Spirit to just invade this place, wherever you are, whatever state you're in, oh God. We're just asking the Holy Spirit to flood out the atmosphere with his presence as we give God all the honor and all the glory through all of our prayers, our scripture, the preach word, the music, everything that we do so that God can get the glory and that we will be filled to overflow after this service is over and we can go out and bless someone else. So we say please be encouraged today throughout the worship service. Don't let our separation be a hindrance. Lift your holy hands, say amen, and thank God uh, for being here today. Thank him for all he's done for us. So after an opening recorded song, Elder Carolyn will lead us through the rest of the service. Be blessed today.
Amen. Amen. He indeed does perform miracles. He performs all miracles. The scripture selected today is Psalm, the book of from the book of Psalms, chapter one twelve, verses one, seven, and eight. Happy are they who delight in doing God's commands. They do not fear bad news nor live in dread of what may happen. For it is settled in their mind that Jehovah will take care of them. That is why they are not afraid, but can calmly face their foes. Let us pray. Dear Lord God, as the people who are targeted, we frequently dread the coming day. Forgive us for this shortcoming and this sin against you. Help us to seek the Holy Spirit so that we will choose to delight in your commands and choose joy in living the life you have given us, no matter how imperfect it is. 
Empower us to find joy in all your glorious gifts to us. Replace our dread, most holy one, with delight in all your earthly creations. Infuse our thoughts with gratefulness, especially for those blessings we might often overlook, for you have given us much. By taking delight in your many gifts to us, we are worshiping you, praising you, trusting you, hoping in your promises to us, and loving you, and giving your glo- giving you glory in all that is good. Dear Lord, thank you for always turning the evil of the enemy in our lives and using it for our good. Help us to be more like you, Lord, and to honor the goodness of your sovereignty over our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song, which will be followed by the altar prayer. Today it will be offered by Sister Sharon Taylor, who is filling in for Sister Loretta Marley.
Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just come before you, Lord, with a grateful heart, a humble spirit, praising you, O God, for who you are, thanking you, Lord, that you've allowed us the opportunity to call you Father. Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed, Lord, that gave us this opportunity to be in relationship with you, that you gave us right standing with you, God, not by any work of our own, but by his blood. And so, Father, it is in the name of Jesus that I do come into your presence. Father, I thank you for everyone that's participating in this service. Father, I thank you that their households are blessed. I thank you that their needs are met. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus we are strong in mind. We are strong in body. Father, I praise you that our souls prosper and we are in health, just as your word says. Father, I declare and thank you that greater are you within us than he that is in the world. And, Lord, we thank you for Jesus who always causes us to triumph. And so, Father, we declare that we will have a listening ear to hear what you're saying today. God, I thank you that through the word that is spoken, we will hear you individually, what you're saying to us, what you want us to do, how you want to be glorified in our lives. Father, I thank you that you are a strong tower for us. Father, I praise you that you are a refuge for us. You are strength for us, O oh God, where we are weak. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just acknowledge our weaknesses, O oh God, so that your power can rest upon us. And so, God, I thank you, and we receive your power today. We thank you, O oh God, for the opportunity to gather together in one accord. We thank you, Lord, that you are in our midst. We thank you, O oh God, that you are pleased with this gathering. We thank you, O oh God, that you will empower and strengthen the one that will speak your word today. We thank you, O oh God, that you will stand up on the inside of them. We thank you, Lord, for clarity, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for being able to have, God, the listening ear to hear your voice and to do according to your command. And then, Father, I thank you for purpose in every life. Father, I praise you that you did not leave us, God, abandoned. Father, I thank you that we were never left alone. But, Father, I praise your holy name that you restored our soul. And, Father, I thank you that you're leading us in your path, God, that will glorify you. And so, God, we magnify you and bless you today. We thank you for the refuge of the Storm Church. We thank you for Pastor Millicent. Father, we just plead the blood of Jesus over this church and over every work. We plead the blood of Jesus over her life and every worker that's participating. Father, we thank you that they are empowered with your strength. God, we thank you that their needs are met according to your riches and glory. We declare, God, in the name of Jesus, that grace will abound towards them so that they will always have sufficiency in all things, O oh God, that they may abound to every good work, that you working in them, God, will accomplish your good pleasure. Father, I thank you that we are able to follow. Father, I thank you, O oh God, that we're able to hear. And so, God, we just magnify you today. We pray for those, God, that have not submitted to you yet. We thank you, O oh God, that your love will draw them today. We thank you, O oh God, that your peace will draw them today. Father, we thank you for a supernatural peace that will overtake our minds and overtake our hearts, O oh God, just letting us know that you're here and you're our comforter, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And then we thank you for encouragement of those that continue to stand in the faith. Father, we declare that we will not grow weary 
in doing what you tell us to do. But in due season, we will reap if we faint not. And so, God, we thank you, God, for restoration of everything that has been lost, forfeited, or stolen. And, God, we thank you, O oh God, that we receive it sevenfold. So, Father, we praise you for healing of our bodies, deliverance of our minds, restoration of our souls, peace in our hearts, joy of our salvation. God, we thank you, God, because you want that for us. And so we stand in agreement, O oh God, with what your word says, and we receive it with thanksgiving in our hearts. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we thank you for it now. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Sharon, for your loving prayer to our Heavenly Father. Now, to all worshipers, this is your invitation to giving. Our church, Refuge from the Storm, provides refuge from targeting by tending to the spiritual needs of those of us who are targeted. But we are also similar to other organizations in our community in that we have financial needs to meet our goals. Please help us continue to minister to all who are targeted. So for those worshipers who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. You can do it in any way you like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations as well as weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, you have several options. You can go to our website, refugefromthestormchurch.org, or you can contact Pastor Millicent by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com or contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant, by email at refugefromstorm at aol.com. Thank you very much. And now let us listen to a praise and worship song as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive the preached word from ministers Pam and Pastor Terrence Wilson. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. From the insurrection of the workers of iniquity.
So, um, if everyone wants to, you can read along with me with Psalm 64, starting in verse 1. This is David. It's a song, song actually, and it's called the Psalm of David. Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongues like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. Bitter words, that they may shoot at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquity. We have perfected a shrewd scheme. Both the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. All who see them shall flee away. All men shall fear and declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and trust in him. All the upright in heart shall glory. Now, David was being attacked from the sound of this. It sounds a lot like what happens to us. Um, They make shrewd schemes together. They think no one will see us. They think um, that they will continue to attack and persecute us. And as David was being attacked, as we see, it is very similar to people who have been hurt in the targeted community. All of us on this phone have been hurt in such ways that are clandestine, that are wicked, that are evil. In verse 1, as this is happening to David, he does what we all should do, and he turns to the Lord, just rending his heart and just crying out and pleading to the Lord about what's happening to him. And if you look at many of the other psalms, I mean many other ones, he's saying, Lord, how long will this happen to me? Why Why are you allowing these enemies to do this to me? You know, come quickly and avenge me for my enemies. And he calls out for them to be punished and all throughout the Psalms. And I know everyone has read those. So he's pouring out his heart and the same way we should be doing. And I don't think God gets tired of us. We're not nagging him when we continue to say this. Even if it doesn't, we don't get relief right away. But David wanted to continue to cry out to God. And he also prayed that he would not be afraid because this would make you fearful, some of the things he went through. Uh, we go through similar things, but instead of technology that they use on us, they had other types of uh, weapons against him. They did other things. They did psychological um, torture to him by mocking him, mocking his God, very similar to what they do to us. And David continued to pray that he'd be a man of faith instead of fear. So many times when we ask God that same thing, we also ask him to remove these things from us, get rid of these circumstances, stop this from happening to us. But instead, he doesn't stop it in, in many cases, especially for some of us on this line. Instead, he just strengthens us in the midst of them. So David compares these attacks to the piercings of a sword. Maybe he wasn't every day being physically attacked, but he was definitely being psychologically attacked. He even talks many times about people mocking his gods and saying, oh, he's going to die soon, and you know, laughing and mocking him. And he reminds us that these enemies very rarely attack us face-to-face because they're, of course, cowardly, or they, they wouldn't be hiding in darkness. They do 
covert and devious ways of attacking us. And they get together as an evil crew of people, as we know what happened to us. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, and I know everyone can attest to this, that people will, you can see that people are collaborating or colluding in the legal system. collusion. There's a lot of collusion to take. That's the only way this works, that there's, there's networks of people that collude together to do these attacks against the targeted community. So David talks about this, which is what really caught my attention. He says that um, they're drawn together, they encourage each other in wicked plots, as it says that they, um, let's see, what was the part? They encourage themselves, in, verse five, they encourage themselves in an evil manner. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They say that they've perfected this truth, meaning, we're so perfect that they're never going to catch us. They're never going to stop us. And they, they don't know who whose we are because, that we, of course, we know that God's going to avenge. So as they do this stuff, they're together. But to be honest, because as wicked as they are, they really don't like one another. And many times they're only together because they, they're, all belong, they're all under an assignment from Satan. So it's not like they're like this group of people that love one another because there is no love in them. They couldn't do what they do if they had any ounce of love. They don't even love one another. Probably don't love themselves to even do this. So it's yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I didn't know I wasn't on mute. Sorry about that. So they're doing these things as a group, but make no mistake, their group is not a group of, of love and camaraderie like we all are. They would probably cut each other's throat and have, but their whole thing is that they're together in ways that will uh, get their end, their end result done, which is to, to target us or to target other believers, people that are uh, standing with God. So they're not going to be like that forever, and they will be exposed. Yeah, thank you, bro. And also, too, it says in the New Testament that uh, a man called Pontius Pilate and Herod, even though they didn't, they both was, was gaining in power, Herod was the king of one area, Judea, was a small-time king, and Pontius Pilate was the governor, was appointed by, by Rome, by Caesar at that time. They didn't really care that much for each other, but they had one thing in common. They wanted to get rid of Jesus. And you real now, the Bible said that Jesus was sitting upon the end of the throne, King David, forever, and his kingdom will know no end. Now, but David understood that we should understand that God is, is ultimately in control. He is our protector. He will come to a point of time doing these attacks, which God himself will intervene. Unexpectedly, God will attack them, and David understands that their lack of character will bring them to their own demise. Okay? And also right here, it says, right here. So verse verse 7, I'm going to read verse 7 again, because I just kind of want you guys to follow along. But God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So now David says to God, will shoot his enemies with an arrow, and God kills Saul with an arrow. And that is in verse 7. And I believe in 1 Chronicles 10 and 13 says, So Saul died from his transgressions, which he committed against the Lord because of the word of the Lord, which he did not keep. And also he asked the counsel of a medium, making inquiries of it, and did not inquire of the Lord. It is also important to remember that when David was told that God had given Saul into the hands to be killed, that David replied that God would kill him 
like Nepal, on which he died in battle. But First Samuel 26 and 10 says, David also said that the Lord, as the Lord lives, shall the Lord strike him on this day it will come that he will die and he will go down in the battle and perish. So that was a really important battle, um, dear. What kind of battle was that? That was called the Battle of Gilboa. It was the battle where Armageddon is going to take place. It was a battle where Saul, what happened is a medium is described as a psychic. It is somebody you go to. When you go and visit a psychic, let me explain what happened. When David fled, the next day Saul went to the, the uh, closest church that he knew where the priest was because that's where David went to be how he was homeless. So he went to the priest, to the closest town, I forgot the name of the town, and they took David in, they fed him and clothed him and protected him from Saul. And then Saul came the next day and figured that he must have went to the priest to hide out because they were looking for him and patrols. When he got there, they refused uh, to give David up. But David had left a couple hours before they got there. So Saul had all those priests murdered. The priests of the Lord murdered in the house of the Lord. It was a couple hundred he had murdered. So after a while, he completely turned over. God handed him over to a reprobate mind. And then what happened, when he knew that he didn't have, when he lost favor, Samuel said that God had torn the kingdom away from him. And this way, it was given to another because he was more worthy than Saul was. So Saul said, well, I'll tell you what, since God won't give me what I want or tell me what I want to hear, I'll go to a psychic. So he went to a psychic, and a psychic was dealing with a form of witchcraft. It's trying to get information in the future without God. That's why it is dangerous. We should never, ever be going to any kind of psychic lines. We cannot. God hears everything and sees everything we do, even in secret. So that was not hidden from God. Also, Saul didn't realize that when he went to that psychic after he killed Samuel by the sword, the Bible says he had Samuel killed that he woke up the spirit of Samuel, and Samuel said, why are you troubling me? He said he, he tried to go around God to get information about the future. And Samuel said, it's already done and finished, that you will no longer be king, that David will be the next king because he was a man after God's own heart and kept God's oracles and God's word and God's commands up until David passed away. Now, that battle that he was going into against the Philistines, this was a huge battle. Remember, at that time, the Philistines were a very strong army. Today, that will be the nation of Jordan today, the king of Jordan. And the Philistines were often warring back and forth between Saul and the Philistines. And then David became a captain, and he killed many of his troops. But at this time, they didn't have God with them. Most of the time when Israel went into battle, God was with them, and they would win the battle. And But at this particular time, Saul went into battle without God, and he, God allowed them to slew him without David raising a hand against them. So the statement was showing that God caused Saul to be in a deep sleep when his, uh, that's how okay. So now, him. before this battle took place, Saul fell asleep trying to search out David. And so what happened was, <clears throat> what happened was, was that it was also important that, okay, right here, okay, I'm sorry. The context states that God caused a deep sleep to fall on Saul and his army, and David took his spirit and his water jug, and in each of the statement were true. So God will kill him with an arrow in battle. So David prophesied that he is going to die, but not by my hand. 
And so watch this. When God begins to deal with the attacker, all the allies will flee away. They will go back as Deuteronomy 28, okay? So that's that's how it's going to be with us as well. I think that God will begin to deal with people. I've even seen cases in my own life where I suffered to a certain uh, injustice, I'll call it, for uh, several years. And I was like, you know, nobody but my husband and a very small group of people that were very close to me gave me support in that. And I was like, when is this going to, you know, how am I going to overcome this? Why can't people see the just, injustice in this? And it was so clear. I couldn't believe that it had gotten, you know, that the, the persecution was so strong when there was so much evidence that what had happened to me. And, but God did begin to deal with people. And it's not going to always happen at like one fine day. It's all going to end. I think we'll be we will we'll receive little victories along the way. And I did uh, overcome in this particular thing, but it took like years. It took several years for it to to come to a conclusion. And it's something that I thought would be over in a matter of days because I thought it was so evident that certain things were being done against me. And it wasn't. It was. And I'm like, can't people see this? So I did cry out, and I cried out just like David did. And I said, and the people that were doing this were deliberately um, mocking me in many ways. They were, you know, saying, oh, you know, you're not going to win in this case. We're going to, get, you know, do these things too. And at the end, God did deal with them. He did, and when he began to deal with them, they scattered. Then every, all of them began to, uh, when they were caught in, amounted to perjury, I guess you can say that, um, they started turning on one another. And this is what, the, uh, what is going to happen. When God begins to deal with their attackers, like the, back to uh, Psalm 64, it says that, but God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded. So he will make them stumble over their own tongue. This is what happened exactly in my, the case that I'm in. All that who see them shall flee away and verse 9, all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider his doing. So I kept saying out loud that I knew God was going to, to people that didn't even believe in God, and I probably wasn't even allowed to say it because I work for the government, but I said, I know God, you know, people that were, some people that were close and saw me going through this, they were saying, oh, I don't know how you're going to overcome. I said, I'm not going to, but God, God will do this. God is going to do this. And when you see it happening, remember I told you this is God's doing. So then they started scattering. Everybody started trying to cover themselves because there was a small victory. But at people, I, kept, I said to enough people, because I know the word got around, that God is going to stand for me in this situation. And I made sure that they knew that this is not me doing this. I couldn't have overcome it. And, I, and it took years. And, it, you know, if, I, if it was me doing it, I would have gotten rid of the, the problem immediately. So... When God begins to deal with your enemies, it reminds me that, about them scattering, like Terrence said, that they're going to be um, overcome and, and the Lord's going to get them. It goes back to Deuteronomy 28 where it says, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your faith. They will come at you one way and flee before you seven ways. Now look where in, um, if you look back at Psalm 64, where it says that, where it says that um, all that see them will flee away. They'll scatter, okay? That's Deuteronomy 28 and 7, if you want to make a note, to read that later. And then Psalm 61 and 8 says, May God arise and his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. Now, remember, we're all going through so many things. I mean, some of you all are going through things I can't even imagine. 
that, you know, I don't know how I, I'd endure it. I mean, I know that there's, there's a level of strength involved in every, every kind of trial and persecution allow, God allows us to go through. And when he allows you to go through it, he, he's already said you're, you're, you can pass the test. It, it seems hard. It seems like, you know, some people think that they, they didn't pass. Maybe some people, you know, maybe they might give up. But I don't know how that exactly works in God's, God's timing and his plan, but he does have certain people that he will allow to go through certain types of persecution. But ultimately, we know who's going to win. The one thing I want to say this: the Bible says in Proverbs, although the enemy unite against you, they will not go unpunished. No. It says that in no. Proverbs. No. Okay? Though so they join forces together. Sorry. They will not go unpunished by the Lord. And I saw the wicked spreading himself out all over the place and like a tree, and they were no more. Mm -hmm. When they were gone, and he looked up, they were gone, just like that. Um, And let me say this. That that is in Proverbs. Proverbs Right, it's in Proverbs. Now, let me say this. I'm sorry, it's Psalms 37, 35. I've seen the wicked uh, flourishing like a green tree. And later on, I looked for the, the evil, and they were no more. Right. So. God removed them out of there. Psalms 37, 35. And think about it. you got to remember, God is extending mercy, extended mercy, and he's very merciful and very patient. He, he even has to be that way with the wicked, too, mm-hmm. because he's just. That's the kind of God he mm-hmm. is. Because at the day of judgment, they will not be able to say, well, Lord, you didn't show us no mercy. Where was our mercy? Where was our chance to repent? And God's going to say, I got a whole record. I got the best file system in the whole galaxy mm-hmm. of everything that I did for you, mm-hmm. but you didn't repent and you died in the multitude of your sins like Saul did. But also, too, right now, as I said, I want to remind you of this. Even though King David killed lions, he killed a bear, he slew a lion with a slingshot. David, the way to buy, he, he wrote some of the best, all, most of the songs are written by King David. And you notice he did that under all this persecution. Mm-hmm. It wasn't when a time when he was king and everything was happy, he was crowned, anointed, he got married, he had kids. It was one at the hardest times of his mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. the challenges mm-hmm. of his life. I'm talking about he was challenged. From, now, here one day you land and you hear you resting as a captain. The next minute, hour later, you find yourself homeless, deported. You got to remember, he had enemies all around him. Because when you are raised up by God, believe me, you're going to have haters. And that's so sad sometimes among your own friends, family members, and stuff. David had older brothers that were very jealous of him because he was chosen and anointed by Samuel, and they felt like they should have been anointed because they were oldest. Now, majority of the time, the oldest son, but David was called by God. Now, watch this. Ultimately, the wicked, the wicked, are humbled by God. The victory belonged during David renewed his reverence of God's power. David concluded by reminding us to rejoice in the Lord. Do we not always find joy in the circumstances of our life, but there is always joy in the Lord our God? God will not always remove us from the pain because sometimes he has a higher purpose for the pain. And, you know, if you look through, throughout history and, you know, sometimes I think of, like, all the saints that were persecuted, right. uh, how John the Baptist was beheaded. And right. he himself said, well, we all, we all sometimes say, right. why am I still in this prison? Right. He said to the, the Lord, are you the one? He was, like, I'm, I'm imagining he was sad, mad or something. Are you the one? 
Or should I look for another? Why am I still here? Why, you're God, aren't you the Messiah? Why am I still in here getting ready to be headed? Why can't you come and help me? But yet, he was in the perfect will of God. He, he finished his assignment. And although I'm just, I'm just praising God that our assignment won't end like him, because I don't think it will in the Latter-day Saints, God's going to give us something else according to Hebrews 11.40. However, sometimes when you ask God to remove the pain, he doesn't remove the pain. He has a purpose for that pain. And I, I, I used an analogy um, one day. I was talking to this lady because she said she was crying. And she said, you know, why is the Lord allowing me to do this? I'm crying out, and I just he's not helping me, and he, I don't see what the purpose of this is. And I said, think about when you took your little children, and anybody that's a mom or a dad even, took your kids to get um, vaccinations when they were little kids. You took them to a doctor. This little, little person probably one-year-old, two-year-old, I think that's how old they are when they get the shot. They see a needle coming towards them, pain, hurt. You see mom sitting there and dad, they're supposed to protect you. And you're looking at mom and dad saying, wait, you're not only allowing somebody to stab me with a needle, but you're holding me down. Why? Why Why are you allowing this hurt to come to me? And the mom and dad only could cry because they, maybe they can't explain to the child at the time, this pain is necessary. This shot is necessary. We do love you. We're holding you down because we love you. And the baby is sitting there going, I'm so mad at you. I remember my own little son. He looked at me so mean. He said, what are you, why are you letting these people do this to me? So this is what we sound like to God, and he loves us. We don't know the answer, and we don't know the reason for the pain. But we know that if, if we're in his hands, and if he's holding us down still, he's got us. Amen. Also, too, you rise up. Also, too, I remind us, too, that even though David was a shepherd boy, was after God's own heart, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, a child, a teenager, shepherd, watching over his father's sheep. Even though he, was a, he played songs with the music, he calmed those evil spirits that were in Saul. And they, that's why they brought David before him each day to calm down those evil. Because Saul had a lot of wickedness in his life, and God, you know, God was letting the things trouble him. But the other things was this right here. David also slew Goliath, the bear, and the lions. And also, too, but I want you to remember this. David also dealt with depression. He was a human being, too. He was a human. So you could tell by the way he talked about in songs, he dealt with depression and anxiety. And he cried. Look how he cried so much. The Bible says his couch became, that's where the word couch came from. Like you sit on, relax. He cried so much. He said, I could fill up a couch full of tears. That's how much pain I'm in, Lord. I, he said that uh, my enemies laugh and say, mm-hmm. who will remember you? Who will, who will judge us? They said with Psalms 12, who is, who is Lord over us? Or who will judge us? Will he give an account for what we do? Uh, and they said, who these are our lips? Who will judge us? I believe that is Psalms number 12. Well, the wicked is gone, but like I told you, the wicked boasts. Let me tell mm-hmm. you something. But you notice that one day, God has got a planner, just like we have on our cell phone. You plan things throughout the, down the road, okay? God has got the ultimate planner. He's got the day where the wicked will be no more. It's already on his schedule, so he doesn't fret or worry about that. He doesn't worry. He's God. But he sees the day, the Bible says he sees the end of the wicked coming on that day. Now, we don't know what day that is, but we know the end that the wicked will come. 
that day will come. Let me tell you about a little something right here before I go any further right now. David writes that godly learned to take rest. The godly shall take refuge in God. David said, I could focus on all my troubles. I lost my wife. My father-in-law kicked me out, was trying to kill me. My brothers despised me because I'm chosen by God. It wasn't even my will to be the king of Israel. I just wanted to be a good shepherd boy, but God called me for a higher purpose than that. So he was hated. The Bible said then they used their mouths and spoke evil against them, and they, they tried to assassinate his character. Now watch this at the same time, too. And then he was homeless, and he had to go from place to place for 12 years before he came back and was anointed by king by, by the one of the Gion, by the prophet Nathan at that time. So now watch this right now. Okay, and so now he didn't do anything for this to happen. Paul said, think it's not strange when you are tested by trials, files and trials, because it's, it's the testing of your faith. Remember, it is the testing of your faith. But one thing I want to say to you, when you are going through something, don't focus too much on the pain too much, because it will make you weary. It will make you worn down if you focus too much on the pain. I'm not saying to be concerned, but don't be consumed. Those are two different things. We know that David dealt with depression. He dealt with anxiety because he cried out. He cried. And you look at the, when he got to Ziglag in 1 Samuel 30. When they got there, they, they burned down Ziglag. They took away all their kids and their wives. And their Bible said he, they wept until him and his men wept until they had no more strength to wept. David was a broken man. His heart was broken. He's like, Lord, are you going to leave me like this? I, am I, is my heart going to be broken? I lost my wife in Ziglag. I lost my children. That was, the, that was my future, my bloodline. Is this the end for me, oh, Lord, or am I to see a favorable ending? But look, you look at Ziglag, it talks about how everything was taken away from David and his men. But when you look at the end of that chapter, the Bible says that David became a rich man because not only did he pursue and overtook them, but he encouraged himself in the Lord in the first part. Sometimes you've got to encourage yourself because sometimes people are not going to always be around the encourage. I mean, it's good. The Bible says we should sing songs and, and hold each other up and you know, sing hymns in the name of the Lord. But what when you are by yourself in the wilderness for 12 years, who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to call? You know, as they said in Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? <laughs> so watch this right here. David in Ziglag, he was like, oh, Lord, I, first I'm on the run for this many years. For 10 years I'm on the run. And my father-in-law took my wife away from me unjustly. Everything has been stripped. My title, my position in the army, now I'm, a, I'm just a castaway right now. But I'm holding on to you. And David said, there's got to be more to this purpose of what I'm going through right now. What this moment of affliction that I'm going through, there has to be a greater cause in my life that God is allowing this to happen. Now, I'm not talking about, now, it's big life. Don't get it wrong. I'm not talking about somebody that causes their problems. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about somebody that was serving God upright after God's own heart. He had hardship. Let me say this right now. In, the life, in, in this life, we will experience pain. God is greater than our pain, bigger than our circumstances, and he will exchange our pain for praises. And I believe in Revelation chapter 1 and 7, God's Bible said God will wipe away every tear. 
When you get into heaven, you won't have no capacity to cry. There's no crying there. There's only rejoicing. Because God says, you know what? What you're going through now, it cannot be compared to what's to come when you enter in the kingdom of God. That's why the Bible says, enter this courts with praises. I believe that when we are transformed, when we talk about the incorruptible bodies, when we put on our new bodies, you remember, you, you guys remember the Superman from the 50s where Stephen Reeves was in there. Not the new one. I'm talking about the one back in the original uh, Superman. The first thing he would do, the body he had was, you know, he would change outfits. So consider yourself this. you got this body right now which is made of flesh and blood and limited. But then God gives you a body that's unlimited. It's not made by man. Amen. It is it's made by design by God himself. And so now when you know a Superman, he changed out, he changed into a new dimension, so he was able to do un- unbelievable things when he flew in the air. All this is was all that stuff Superman, when you see those kind of things, is the signs of the things to come. What I'm trying to tell you is this, the wicked is not going to last for so long. Their expiration date is coming, and they are going to exist no more. What are we going to say? Paul says to, to death and life or perseverance. Or devil, like, should it, should it take us down? Should it separate us from the love of God? No. All of us are in this together. Believe me, all of us have a Goliath that we're facing in our lives. Just like David. Maybe it wasn't a physical Goliath of death, but we all have Goliaths that have to be slayed in our lives. But watch this. God says for every battle that we're going through, He's always going to make a path of victory because he wants the glory. And what he wants to he wants, remember, none of these people in the Bible would have never been in here had they would have stood the test of time. Am I right or wrong? David was, he was, now he was a great king. I was, <laughs> what he did with Bathsheba was wrong. But what I'm saying is this, the battles that he overcame, overcomer, you that overcomer who I'm speaking to, that overcoming spirit that Christ put in you, which is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Acts 2. I got to ask this water. That overcoming spirit that you had, that warrior spirit that David had, God has given us the spirit to overcome everything. That's why he said you can drink anything and you can, you can tread on a scorpion and serpent. You have power. Amen. It's been given to you. You have been given, Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. And you'll be standing against what? The wiles of the wicked one. And then God says, then we says right there, if God be for you, who in the world can stand against you? Who stood against Israel? When they came out, every nation was afraid because they heard what God had done to Pharaoh and his army, who was the most powerful army in the world at that time. So they, when they heard that God had drowned Pharaoh and his army, they figured, what would, what would it take to get rid of them? Nothing. Because nothing could stop him. You remember, you were walking with God. Remember, Abraham understood that when God came down and judged Sodom and Gomorrah, he knew he was walking with the resurrection. Amen. Abraham understood that. A lot of people don't realize you are walking with the resurrected body of Christ. So why are you, if anything, when when the enemy comes, you shouldn't be afraid of him. He should be afraid of you. And when you see him, say, where you been? I've been waiting on you. I've been looking at my clock. Where have you been? I'm waiting for the battle. Where are you going? Who, who are you with right now? And what are you going to do? The Bible says no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. 
So if God has a calling on my life, let me say something, as many times as David's life could have been taken in battle, he survived and became a conqueror. Now, even though he didn't build the temple of God, what David did is he, he fulfilled the will of God for his life. And everything that Satan threw at him, everything that Satan threw at him, it fell by the wayside. You know why? Because he realized he came to a practical conclusion that I cannot get no victory without God getting the glory. Amen. So if God is going to be glorified, I have to be willing to be the one to go through the test and the test of times. Let me tell you something about King David. When he wrote these, when he wrote these scriptures, he wasn't writing them because he had a headache. He was writing them because he was under the worst form of persecution a human person can go through. People have cracked up and given up and said, Lord, I can't follow you no more. I'm going to lose everything. But time and time again, David strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I didn't say David. I said David in the Lord and strong in power and might. And Lord, now read it. Read the song. This is some really trying time. It's almost like he can't take no more right now. If y'all know what I'm talking about, you can't take no more right now. The greatest he that's in me that is in the word, amen. And Psalms 2, I'm going to say the title, the wicked attack God's people. And God says, I will surely send judgment upon them. And that is in Psalms 3. And then we talk about the wicked plan against the righteous in Psalms 7. And God says, oh, you're going to dig a ditch for your own stuff to fall in? Okay. And watch this in Psalms 23. Even though I walk, the Lord is my shepherd. He is your shepherd. He is shepherding your life, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I do not care if you are in the air, if you are in the sea. Don't you know that God's hand of protection is protecting you this very day? And don't you know Satan couldn't he do He couldn't kill Job. He took everything he had. But what happened? Job was blessed twice as much he had in his latter years. Amen. So watch this. In Psalms 27, the Lord is my light. That's what he said. The Lord is my light. He is our light. He is our light. He is the one that lights up and illuminates our lives. Amen. And in Psalms right here in 51, it says, Lord, have mercy upon me if I sin. Wash you the hyssop. If you sin, repent and get back in the race. And in Psalms 91, it says, He is the almighty God. The almighty God. There are other gods, but he is the only almighty, undisputed, undefeated undisputed greatest king that ever lived. That's why he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now watch this right here. In Psalms, um, we used to sing this song when I was a kid. I used to hear them. I was in the usher board, too young to be in the choir, but they used to sing this song. If it not, 124, Psalms 124 says, if it had not been Mm -hmm. for the Lord on my side, church, where would I be? I would have been dead sleeping in my grave. But God, yet in his infinite wisdom and glory, had a purpose for my life. And saying, oh, he was allowed to afflict me like Job, but yet he slayed me, I was sad. Amen. Mm-hmm. And watch this. This is the last one. I want to read this right here because this is on my mind right now. Now, they don't know who the author of Psalms 150 is. I believe that that was David. I think David wrote almost every song in the book of Psalms, if you notice that, Okay. Right, it said right here, after his affliction right now, this is what he says. I believe it's David. It says no author on here. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. 
Praise him in his mighty firmament. Mm. Amen. Praise him for his mighty acts. Hey. Praise him according to his excellence and his greatness. Hey. Man. Praise him with the sound of trumpet. Let his praises be continued. I'm adding there. Praise him with the flute and the lute and the harp. Amen. It says, praise him with the tremble and the dance. Amen. That's the sherbet before the uh, before the Ark of the Covenant. Praise him with the strings and the cymbals and the flute and the harp with us loud crashing cymbals. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Let Everything. Hey, let everything. Let everything. Breath. Praise the Lord. Now let me tell you this, this is the last scripture. Now I'm done. I'm done. Watch this. Right there. The Bible says in Genesis 1, God breathed into man and he became what? A living soul. So if he went through all that to create me and you. At such a time as this, mm-hmm. he says, I'm putting y'all in there. Now, let me tell y'all something. You didn't notice when I was a teenager, when I was a little boy, we in our church, we had the, what they call the church Olympic. Mm-hmm. So we would run around and hand the baton off to one run around. Then the next person would hand off the baton to the next person. And the other generation that has passed away has passed the baton oh, on wow. to us. Now, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Are we going to take it and run the race that God has put us in the wind? Or are we going to drop out and get disqualified? Church, where's the choice that we have to make? The only thing we have to fear is God. That's it. We don't have to hear fear itself. I know Franklin Roosevelt said that. But I'm going to tell you something. God has got an awesome plan. And let me tell you something. You have to stand the test of time and say, Lord, be it unto me. According, be like Mary. Lord, be it unto me according to thy will. Am I the handmaiden of God? Should I not be the servant of God and bring him glory to his name? Everything that David did, he brought glory to the king of God. And the Bible said God elevated him among the people, just like he did Moses, like he did Joshua. He elevated him. And not only did God was well pleased with David, but he said this, he established the david Amic covenant. And that means that David, everybody that's sitting upon the throne, the Davidic covenant, sorry, sorry, I said it wrong, the Davidic covenant, sorry, I said that wrong. And that means that everybody that sits upon the throne of Israel, whether they're prime minister or king or wait, or wait, doesn't matter, they're descendants of David. Every one of them a bloodline back to David. Every one of them. Everybody you see, Benjamin Naya is a descendant of King David. Somewhere hundreds of years, I guarantee you, because God said, hey, nobody, even, even if they're wicked or they're good, Everybody that's sick on that seat of power in that country is a distress, descendant of, of, of David. And the Bible said that God, so he's so in line with his word, that Jesus had to come through the bloodline of King David. Fourteen generations like, oh, well, let me get started up in here, up in here. Amen. So we know that he came through the bloodline, and we were adopted into the body of Christ as heirs and joint heirs, according to the promise that Paul says, who do we have to fear? Let me tell you something. When this life is over, oh, what a day it's going to be. We all rejoice with the saints of old. And you know that old family, mm-hmm. we had a, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day. 
We had a family uh, get together for Christmas. It was a good, we had a good, you know what they say, the good old time. And we just had a good old time in the Lord. It was so much joy, so much peace. I can only sleep. It was so much overjoy. We had so, we had a house full of people, a house full of food, but everybody was just loving on one another. Am I right or wrong, Bob? Mm-hmm. I never had so much food in the house at one time, but I tell you what, it was a joy to have so many around. Every room was full in our house, and my sister's house too. But I tell you something, God said that ain't nothing compared to what's going to come. Now, when you get in the kingdom of God, you're going to see you're, you're going to see parents that went ahead of you that died in Christ. You're going to see grandparents, great grandparents, great great aunts and uncles in the Lord, and you're going to see Paul, Peter, and all of James, Ezekiel, Mark, Luke, Timothy. All of them, Crescent, Paul, all of them, you're going to see. And then you're going to see the one named Jesus. And the Bible said, when I see him face to face, oh, what a day that's going to be. Oh, my God. I'll see the wounds in his eyes. And I said, the Lamb of God who was slain for the world, the sins of the world. Nothing can make, what can make me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Is someone saying something? Amen. Yeah, I I actually have been waiting because I have a meetup I have to go to, but I wanted to quote something Amen. that I saw in Proverbs. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Amen. I'm done. Okay. Amen. So in Proverbs, Proverbs three thirty one, it mm-hmm. says, "Do not do not envy violent people." Excuse me. Can you say please save your comments for after the service? Okay. We'd, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. Not to end, no one is to interrupt the service right. like that. Thank you. But I, I'm done. I just want to encourage all me and Pamela that the trials of David are out. We have our own trials. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pray. I'm going to also pray that we do, we do things in decent in order. You know, we do things, give everybody time, because you can punch the spirit sometimes in a career like that. God bless you. As she was saying, but I just want you to know that David's trials were three thousand years ago, and we're in the lap of the race right now. That God expects us to cross that finish line. Amen. And if we will. Can you imagine what David heard when he crossed over into mm-hmm. from one lap? Well, well done. Mm-hmm. Now God was angry with him because he did sin. Yes, he did. But God restored David back, and the Bible says David walked as a perfect man before God the rest of his days. Amen. Amen. And he rested with his father. And watch this. I, God, is, he, he believes in us. He has faith in us. He has confidence. And if he did not think that you and I, I were not able to run this race, he would have never put us in a race. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's how much God believed in you. Even though you've been rejected, God is accepting. He said you needed to be rejected because you, he didn't want you a carnality. He wants you locked in arms of faith. Of course, the, the world said we're a bunch of misfits and say we're a bunch of uh, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, crazy folks. Of course, we're crazy in Christ. <laughs> the Bible said, Paul said, let us be fools in Christ. If we be anything, he said, we got to be fools or we have to be drunk by the Holy Spirit, because it's not the hour the Holy Spirit came out and, and overwhelmed them and took them in Acts 2. He said, if we're going to be fools, let us be fools in Christ, and let us be bondservants to the Lord King Jesus. Amen. That's why when you know Paul said that bondservants, that means he's bonded to Christ forever. That's why he said that. 
I'm bonded as a bond servant. That means one bonded to his master for eternity. So we are linked to Paul, Peter, and Jesus. And remember, you are joint heir of all of this royalty. You know what? You know what? You know this one thing? I don't care nothing about these people walking around here today, royalty and all that stuff in Europe. Let me tell you what the real king is. The real king is on the throne in heaven, Jesus Christ. That's the real. Other kings go and their bodies see decay. Christ got up three days later. His Bible, the Bible said the Holy One will know no corruption because he was raised up with all power and all glory. And the Bible said God raised him up and his body did not see corruption. But yet, in the last book of John, they saw a last first book of first chapter Acts, they saw Jesus ascend into heaven with angels. Amen. A host of angels waiting to receive him. The king is on the throne. And man, you have nothing to fear. I want y'all to be encouraged and know that God loves you and your enemy days is running out. Your time is running out. Your hours are coming from days to weeks to hours to minutes. And then you're going to be no more. You better repent and you better return back before you are utterly destroyed. In Jesus' name, that's all I'm going to say. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ministers Pam and Terrence, for that powerful sermon. Thank you for your encouragement and for giving all the glory to God as our protector in your message through David's stories of overcoming suffering. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song celebrating that message and its delivery, which will be followed by the invitation to discipleship. You are not hidden. There's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless For you have been broken Your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath your breath I hear your rest always Your rest always
Amen. Amen. What a beautiful, crazy worship song. We thank all of you who are worshiping with us today on the phone or on the Internet. We invite you to discipleship and offer a prayer of salvation. We pray that you've received all the blessings that God has given you during this service. The Bible reveals that God has a plan for every life and that if we live in constant fellowship with him, he will direct and lead us in the fulfillment of this plan. You cannot know the will of God for your life unless you first come to the cross, confess that you are a sinner, and receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Once you do come to him, you begin a whole new life a life lived not for yourself but for Christ. From that moment on, God wants to show you his will. Whatever decisions you face today, commit them to God and ask him to guide you, and he will. If you would like to ask Jesus into your life today, please say this prayer after me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I am not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please, in my walk with you, Lord, wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Unite with Refuge from from the Storm Church or Bible-based church in your local community. Start reading the Bible. Email us at admin at admin at refugefromthestormchurch.org to become a member or for prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. Please see our newsletter for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible by using devotional readings. If you are not receiving our newsletter, go to refugefromstorm at aol.com to request that your email address be put on the list. Thank you. Now let us listen to our closing praise and worship song. After that, our pastor, Reverend Millson Black, will offer final remarks and a benediction.
Amen, amen, amen. The parents to get uh, Pastor Pamela to hold your meal there. So good to see the anointing show. You be so excited about sharing with us about the life of King David. Not just his life, but also his trials and his triumphs. And we're so glad to know that as we walk in the shadow of what he lived through and with the grace of Jesus Christ on our side, we can expect victory. Thank you both so much for sharing with us. We are always blessed that you would come and share in being a part of this ministry. We value you and gladly tell others that you are part of us. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to uh, definitely anyone who might have prayed that prayer for salvation with Minister Carolyn uh, to stay on the line after the call and share with us of your decision and we will be happy to pray with you more about that 
We also want to open the door wide to anyone who would like to become a member of the church. God, what the plans of that? God wants your part of a family to be, become a part of the family of God as in refuge from the storm church. I want to just kind of reiterate some of the announcements on uh, this coming Tuesday night. I'll be sharing on a blog talk radio uh, service with evangelist Linda Cashreas, who is the founder and director of Gatekeepers Ministries International. And she is going to be sponsoring TI on Tuesday night, targeted individuals for those of us who are being uh, harassed in this, what, what, what do we really call it, it uh, what's called electronic harassment. I have recently been, being, uh, been in conversation with some young people, and I'm talking about those between the ages of about 25 to 41, who are have been pulled into this program. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how to. Uh, many of them, no, none of them have talked to me about fasting and praying. Uh, they don't really know how to shield and protect themselves and don't seem to have a good, solid relationship with God. The cruelty of the perpetrators is to try and, and convince them to commit suicide. Uh, and there have been several suicides in the TI community in this last year. And definitely we want to do all that we can to prevent that from happening. So Sister Linda has agreed to give a time on Tuesday evening where young people can come in and anyone from the TI community to ask questions about things that they do not understand. I am working on starting a support group for young people who are in the TI community that we can come together and prayerfully they can become faith and in the word of God. Also coming up in September is a new Bible study entitled Embracing Purpose. It is a 10 week, 11 week uh, study we encourage you to come, but come expecting to be with us the entire time. What we are going to be talking about is how to take your life back. One of the things that the that the perpetrators uh, seek to do to those of us who are put into a program of this nature is to destroy not just our personality, but our life. They don't want us to have anything. And, and actually, one of my um, seminary um Cohorts told me that it's called the living death. They want us living, but they don't want us to have any quality of life. What the devil is alive. God says, according to Romans 11, 29, is the gifts and callings of God is without uh, repentance. He does not change his mind. Pastor uh, Terrence and Pamela have just talked to the life of David, King David. And God never changed his mind, did he? In spite of the fact that Saul chased him, his children chased him, the people chased him, and all kinds of evil happened to him, but God never changed his mind about David leading Israel as a king. 
So I can assure you God hasn't changed his mind about us either. In fact, I was told that the more we are chased by the enemy, the more we can be assured that God has a good plan for our lives. And so embracing purpose mm-hmm. is designed to help you discover or embrace or re-embrace the plan of God concerning you. I can assure you it's good. We want to invite you to start with us again on next Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time for our early morning Bible study, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning. We are in prayer. We're in prayer for you, and we are in prayer for the TI community. We also have focused praying, and so there are agencies and organizations that we pray for one a day. We pray for uh, a state or two states at our time of prayer. So we're not just messing around y'all we're not just coming together and saying lord bless me my husband john and us and my our two children us four no more that's not the way we're praying we're asking god to bless the state of kentucky and the state of georgia and all those who live in it and to rid the earth of, of, of coronavirus and to bless the government and all of those agencies that see on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. So we invite you to join us. Bring your anointing, and and we're going to expect God to hear and answer prayer. Now, we have suspended Bible study just for the month of August, giving everyone a break so that you can kind of regroup and, and take a deep breath and come in September running, hit the ground running. And we're going to be in it for 10, 11 weeks learning how to embrace the purpose of God for our lives. I do want to encourage you, uh, as Elder Kellen has invited you to the ministry of giving into the financial needs of this church. We have, uh, we do have a budget. We do tithes from our, um, from the tithes and offerings that are given to the church. We tithe with another nonprofit agency. Right now, we are tithing with a ministry called Mercy Ministry, um, and we are looking forward to starting the financial support of another ministry on, uh, in, in September, so we do encourage you to support the um, financial needs of Refuge from the Storm Church. I believe that it's all after the recording is stopped, after the benediction. Um, we will be here to pray with you about your book. Thank you. Appreciate you coming. And Pastor Terrence, we're going to ask if you would pray. Yes, we'll be glad to. Um, Pray our benediction after that recording and prayer again. Are we you ready for us now? Are we having the benediction? You ready? Yes. Did you say you were to the chair today? I 
It's something's cutting in and out, so I wasn't sure if Pastor you were. Bill sent you're cutting in and out. I can if you'd rather. I wonder if our, our phone is Mr. Pamela. Can you hear us clearly? Because I can hear you. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure if he's gonna all right. So all right. All right. Okay. May the love okay. Okay. May God the Father Jesus Christ prepare your journey and Jesus the Son who guides your footsteps, the spirit of your life, the Holy Spirit, strengthen your body, that all three are one which watches over each and every one of us, and that may we follow him into the road into heaven for eternity. You are blessed, and you are anointed and appointed for such a time as this, and I call your children's children blessed when the baton is passed off to them. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.